Here, watch <laughs> I said, your dad is going to come in at 959.59. What's he doing? He's calling? What's wrong? I guarantee you it's like something with his laptop or... Didn't answer. Come <laughs> for the course. Curlin Chamberlain. So... Coogan Chambers. This would be fun. I just wanted to see if you were going to get on this podcast. Um, I'm on, and we're waiting. We did say 10 o'clock. It's now 10.01. Tell him to and, bring his fallen hair. Uh, yeah, so just wanted to see what was up. You know, if you were having a hard time logging in, you need me to come over and set the computer up. Uh, Is it your sciatica again? Let me know. All right. Hope to see you real soon. Love you. What's acting up? <laughs> Boom. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. You guys, we are at episode 203. 203. I, I mix it up now. I have no idea. Uh, but hey, uh, go check out some past episodes if you haven't listened. Episode 200 and 201. Two parts with Bob Saget. Got Brad Williams. Uh, last week, my friend Rob Ward. Comedian from Cleveland. Uh, yeah, this episode is exciting. I, <laughs> I can't. Uh, I'm already laughing. It was funny that that uh, my friends Colin Chamberlain and John Chamberlain, father and son. It's our. It's my first father and son kind of comedy duo uh, out of Pittsburgh. Here, John Chamberlain, of course, um, created the Yajagoff uh, comedy media blog podcast live shows such cool stuff uh you know connecting with pittsburgh colin chamberlain uh this kid i love this kid man um has opened for me so many times been on the road with me and watching this kid grow has been so much fun so to get those two guys together and talking was has been pretty rad um it was a good time uh but you know it's just it's it's uh it's fun hearing John talk about moving his son to New York for comedy. That's like, as a dad, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's wild, you know? Um, so it was really fun to talk about that. And uh, just some funny stories. Colin's a funny storyteller. And, uh, you know, it, it was, I don't know what else to say. I love these guys so much. So it was fun to do that. Um, so check it out. Check out the past episodes. Check out uh, also... Uh, the You Jag Off podcast. Colin started a new podcast called Hell Gigs, which is basically stand-up comedians telling stories of the worst gigs they've ever had. Uh, there's already been some great episodes Colin has had with uh, Jimmy Schubert, Adam Ferrara, um, Tammy Pescatelli. Uh, so go check that out. Hell Gigs on iTunes and Spotify. Um, but I want to give shout-outs. I got to give shout-outs. I got to get shout-outs and uh, to all my friends. Uh, like uh, Ink Division, ink-division.com. You can uh, get uh, 15% off your first bulk order if you're uh, an entertainer, a gig worker, musician, creative person. Go check out Ink Division at Ink Division or ink-division.com. Tell them Aaron sent you, and they're going to help you out on your first bulk order. Uh, speaking of uh, shirts and merch, growndadshirts.com. You can find uh, the Woo Baby shirts, some BC Boys inspired shirts. Uh, my uh, favorite TV dads, the Goat Dads of t- television, are on there, and some other funny uh, dad shirts, uh, parenting shirts, comedy shirts. And uh, so go to GrownDadShirts.com. Created by Ink Division, they can also help you put together a uh, online merch store. Pretty dope. But uh, 
I would be remiss to mention the person that helped me create that merch is Kid Mental. You can hear his beats. KidMental.com, at KidMentalMusic. He uh, also has a dope Patreon, patreon.com slash KidMental. He creates songs and beats and theme songs for people. So a big shout out to Kid Mental. Also, my exclusive musical guest on my Friday night live happy hour that uh, I have on Facebook and YouTube every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can go back and watch those episodes on patreon.com slash Aaron Kleiber. And you're like, what's patreon.com slash Aaron Kleiber? Patreon.com slash Aaron Kleiber is basically the ex- it's the exclusive group that you can uh, support uh, monthly. All the comedy that I'm putting out, uh, podcasting and videos, um, and get exclusive content uh, from the podcast, like a post show. Uh, There's a post show on there for the Bob Saget episode. Uh, You also get beats from Kid Mental, beats that I use in the show. Uh, You get uh, exclusive access to stand-up clips, and you get mail. You get mail from me and my kids, for real. Like, we make little cards. It's the cutest um, so if you want to support your favorite creative artists, go to patreon.com slash Aaron Kleiber, um, and help out. Um, and big shout out once again to, uh, Mary Mac, Mary Mac podcast.com. Uh, she has in the kitchen with Mary Mac and at Mary Mac bakehouse. She sent me some incredible chicken rubs that I've used on the wings. I just use the anything rub on my shrimp skewers. Uh, very good. So shout out to Mary Mac as well, who is also a Patreon supporter. Thank you so much, Mary Mac. And thank you, of course, Corey and Cheyenne, the GDB champs. And you can hear my kids screaming right now. Uh, the support is, you don't know what it means to me because, uh, I'm just at home doing comedy. So your monthly support is helping me. It's literally like I'm doing a PBS commercial because my wife and kids were here. We got no work. So Patreon is so amazing. It helps pay to keep the show running. It costs money to run the show, a couple different shows. So I appreciate you guys, um, you know, and shout outs to everybody else supporting. Uh, Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It means the world. Uh, I also want to give a huge shout out to one of my new partners. Uh, I mentioned it before. I love uh, CBD uh, medical Whatever I, I love CBD products, especially I've been using Elixicure for a while, and I just found that uh, there's a distribution site that is has all your CBD needs. Now, if you don't know what CBD is, it's not the psychoactive THC that's in cannabis. Uh, basically, it's hemp infused. So go to thehivedistro.com. Not only do they have the roll-on Elixicure for your joints. I use it on my for my arthritis on my joints. Uh, I put it on my wife's back. I mean, we love it. They also have a cream pump, which I prefer lavender, as I've said. Uh, but uh, they have CBD tinctures, which are drops that, that can help people's uh, anxiety and sleep. They have bath bombs. They have a CBD-infused coffee. Uh, one of the things that I've been, uh, been using and my son has been using that they have on thehivedistro.com is man butter. It's an organic body deodorant. I'm not kidding. Uh, by Dry Men Products. And um, I've been using it for a week. And my mom and my wife are like, oh, you smell good. I didn't know it smelled nice. But on me, it's like a, it's, it's like, it's like surfers use. I don't know, man. I love it. Uh, it's very different than normal deodorant. It feels like a wax, but it's neat. My son has put it on his stinky feet. Uh, I have liked it. Um, woke up the next day 
still not stinking. It's pretty amazing. Um, it's magic. So uh, you can check out all these products on thehivedistro.com. And you can get a discount. You get a uh, 20% discount with coupon code GROWN, G-R-O-W-N. Um, yeah, it's pretty rad. Uh, also, you can get a – I got a coupon code for Grown Dad shirts. Go to GrownDadShirts.com, save 15% with the coupon code GDB15. I'll put that in the show notes so you guys know if you want to get hooked up. But uh, I just want to give you those shout-outs and thanks to everybody supporting the show because that's how it keeps rolling. And uh, back to Colin Chamberlain, uh, my buddy, awaiting his dad's arrival on the podcast. <laughs> Being such a dad is perfect. I love it. I love these guys. Uh, you guys, be kind, be funny. Thanks for listening. Granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello. Underpants? That is hilarious. Just your mouth do. Rate and review this podcast while my daddy will go into a deep depression. <laughs>
Well, we were finishing up. We had a conference call with Natalie Bensavenga. We were finishing up. So. Oh, well, thank Excellent. God. Excellent. I'm recording. I brought you in, John. Don't say All anything right. crazy. Please. Well, let's have at it. I don't have. Listen, here's my thing. My laptop has a, the card has a short in it. So I have uh, scotch tape all taped down to this desk. So the laptop will not move. And here's my, here's my like handy dandy words. Here we go. This my scotch tape that I literally have taped my plug together because Microsoft hasn't sent me the plug yet. So Colin, your dad's here. But things are going good. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so it's just so people, if people are watching and listening, uh, when they do, maybe, I don't know, uh, the, the, I would like to introduce you, even though I'm going to do an intro, Colin, John Chamberlain, uh, you guys. So uh, it's funny. I don't even know where to start with you guys because I'm friends with you guys and I've slept in the same bed with Colin. So it's. Uh, <laughs> so have I. So there you go. <laughs> uh, we're Eskimo brothers, John. <laughs> We've slept with the same man. Um, there you go. <laughs> I, as, uh, that makes us that makes us papoose babies. I don't know what that is. I don't even know what that is, but I, it sounds good. It makes a good T-shirt. I need I need more coffee. Um, no, I I wanted to like podcast with you guys just because what people don't might not know is that the first time Colin did stand up was at a class at Arcade Comedy Theater with his dad. Yes, I don't. And as many hours as we spent on the road, I don't think I've ever asked Colin. Uh, what, what were you thinking? Because <laughs> yeah. now as a comedian, for you to tell your comedian friends, like, well, I started a stand-up comedy class with my dad, but it worked out okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, first of all, like people are like, yeah, I got drunk in an open mic and decided to go up or like, <laughs> you know, it's like, how did you start? It's like, uh, someone dared me. I bombed. It was like, have you done an eight week course with your dad and your <laughs> start into comedy have you ever done that if you don't come out of that like if you come out of that and love comedy then you ha then that's what you're supposed to do but <laughs> no one would fault you if you came out of that and said not only do i never want to do stand-up comedy again i'm not sure i want to be in the same house anymore like, <laughs> so, so it, i think that's how i knew it was a real test of how much i wanted to do it you know, <laughs> I, well, I remember like even I'm, I'm trying to think of his prior to that or where what the sequence was. But when Colin said he wanted to do comedy, I uh, drove him out to the pleasure bar out there in Bloomfield. And we sat around and watched an open mic night. And when I think I drove him out maybe two or three more times. And then at one point he's like, yeah, you don't have to go anymore. We're good. <laughs> what was so funny is that you went to the pleasure bar to watch me host stand up and then took a class with your dad and you still are doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You could have been crazy. scared. Well, I remember that like at the time, Latitude 40, uh, oh, yeah. before they, you know, the, the holes came out of that thing. Uh, you know, yeah, and that was, that was, if people, that was, that was a place, if I can explain to people, was a comedy club, a concert venue, a steakhouse, a bowling alley, and a movie theater in one building. Right. <laughs> and they had like five of them around the country. I performed at all of them. Yeah. All the same. All it was, just it went with, and they all had no business plan. 
They uh, had ideas. 15 oh, things right. going on and no business plan and apparently no savings account. Uh, and, and I remember when that opened, like I would go there with my dad because he was emceeing. Right. And I would like hold the spotlight and I just remember like, I was like, what is this? Like, this is, this is wild. Like, so you did, you did see, see those shows before you did stand up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I saw those shows and I, I remember thinking like, man, if I could just be like, if I could have like five minutes before the opener, like, like that's all I would want. Right. Like, yeah. I could be just the person that says like, Hey everyone, thanks for coming out. Make one joke and leave. I think that would be just fine with me. Like yeah, I just you be a part start of small. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything like you and my dad and like, Billy Elmer and uh, and who else? I think I saw Terry Jones there. And just thinking like, oh, this is like, I can't even believe people do this. <laughs> I, dude, I, I think I, I thought the same thing from, I've you, you guys know my life story, but even coming from like sketch and improv and a little acting, I saw stand up and I was like, yeah, no, never. There's no way I could write jokes and tell them and people laugh. Yeah, <laughs> and they paid for it, right? A lot of people yeah. can write jokes and, and make people laugh. Those two don't always sync up, and then when they sync up for the third to get paid for it, that's awesome. Stand up was, I, you guys, stand up was the thing when when yeah. they were like, "Oh, you get a hundred dollars." I was like, "What? Yeah, I'll do more." But I, <laughs> it's funny that even before though, I saw stand up live for one Christmas, and this hasn't aged well. But my dad got me. Bill Cosby's himself on DVD. And I remember, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade and I watched that yeah. and I did his dentist bit at a school talent show. And it was like, a, like we had like 10 kids in my Catholic school grade and it was <laughs> for those 10 kids. And I'm doing like, and the lip is down here and they like doing the whole bit. And, and thinking oh. like, when I saw that, like that was yeah. the first like we always had comedy on, but like when I saw Bill Cosby's himself, you know, again, this was before all the sure of all the the pills and the pudding, but uh, <laughs> but I was like, this is this is something amazing. Well, what's yeah. crazy? Had I know we were going to go this direction, I would have given you a picture, and I'm holding it for you know that big day, whenever. But. Colin was so quiet and so reserved in all of his uh, Catholic grade school. And uh, everybody just knew him just being quiet. And one day they were going to do this, this school performance. And he said he wanted to be a, a popcorn. He wanted to be popcorn. Yeah. So we made this song about popcorn. And we made so you want to be a popcorn colonel. That's a fun yeah. costume. So we made this costume that made him look like popcorn, which was awesome, by the way, because I made it. But anyways, um, but anyways, they started singing this song and quiet Colin came out and in it was in the church on the altar in the evening. On the <laughs> and, altar. <laughs> and he just started jumping around like this, like a popcorn kernel. And people were peeing their pants in the church. And he you could see he got such a high from that. Like yeah. that was the point he might have been addicted to it at that point. But everybody came up to him. They people couldn't wait to take pictures of the kid in the popcorn kernel costume. And because it was hilarious and you could see he was exhausted at that point in the night <laughs> after jumping around for 
10 minutes or whatever. The yeah, because if you know his comedy, he was a obesely, morbidly obese toddler yeah. until he was 19 <laughs> years old. Yeah, and uh, the popcorn costume, it was just tarp. We just took <laughs> the tarp off the pool and put some styrofoam on top. But it was, yeah. that, that is true. And I remember, Dad, I mean, you probably remember, like, it was actually supposed to be another kid that was going to do it. And at the last minute, he mm. bailed. And I was like, I'll do it. And my dad will make the costume. And it's like one of those things you're like, the project's due tomorrow and we need a <laughs> costume. So like all night where he's just like hot gluing styrofoam to a t-shirt and like painting it yellow and brown. I mean, the production was really pretty good for uh, for like hmm. 24 hours. Do you we can even go back one more year, first grade. Colin had a first grade teacher that he would stand outside of the he would cry because she was so loud. He would cry <laughs> and not go into the classroom. But once he was in there, he was good. And one day I had to drop off something. Colin, you probably remember this better than me. Yeah. I had to drop off something at the school. And Colin went in and they asked about, was that your dad or whatever? And Colin said, that's my dad. He has gastrointestinal problems or something like that. He told them that I had gas, bad stomach problems and had bad gas and made a you know, made a joke. of That's the start of the jokes, maybe, right there. Do you remember that part? Yeah, yeah. I remember telling them, like, <laughs> like you, it was Chi-Chi's. It was like he can't eat a Chi-Chi's because he, his stomach. And then my dad comes in, and the teacher's like, we heard all about your stomach. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and my dad, being the Ed McMahon that he is, really just went along with it for the bit. <laughs> thank god uh but yeah that was probably the first bit i ever did about <laughs> i john do you i gotta ask you as a dad it's so funny i've like i've never had this conversation with you guys but now i'm like thinking so much about it and it's kind of fascinating you do you guys think it's like a neat thing like john look colin don't look okay listen john it's pretty neat that your son's becoming a pretty successful comedian it's totally cool. Um, you know, and I say that about, uh, you know, because you've been dabbling in it for how long? Yeah. And, you know, when, you know, when I think about like, I loved it, I loved them seeing, you know, comedy clubs when they were, when I was younger and I just decided, well, I'm not good enough. I need to go figure out, get a job. And then, you know, I always say like, it's cool to see your kids, you know, execute their dreams. Right. And so it's, it's totally cool. And to see, it, you know, one of the biggest things, Aaron, you know, as a parent is when people come up and say nice things like, wow, your kid is really respectful. Wow, your kid this, your, your kid's a good dude. You never want your somebody come and say, wow, your kid's a douche, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when people, when people give you those oh, compliments, they do. It's, yeah. when people give you those compliments, you know, it's such a thrill. But then to know that they're executing their dreams at this point, I remember when we had this talk about him moving to New York City, there were so many regrets and, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, buyer's remorse at some point, mm. you know, and look, look, you dude, you have built this up to do this. And yeah. and who cares if you come home broke because you're going to you, you who else has made this attempt? Right. Yeah. And right. It is fun to see it, but it's even more fun to see it and have people come up and say, well, your son's a good guy too. So that's kind of cool. Colin, that is good. That's yeah. Well, uh, you know, we've it's been a real team effort. Um <laughs> from getting me to like, I mean, like he was saying, like, I mean, he drove me to open mics. And I don't know why. Like, I think I, I mean I got my license late. I was a real late bloomer. <laughs> I 
aspect of life. When did you get your license? I think I got my license at like 19, 18 or 19. What were you doing? Um, but I'm, I was I was in college when I took your class. So I did have a license, but I was like the kind of person that like for you a while. Like, over that class, real fast. Drive. I didn't know how to drive like outside of my neighborhood. So like I still is a bad driver, quite frankly, (laughs) if anybody's watching this and could could drive calling around, we would appreciate it. But, you know, I think part of it was for me is that, you know, I kind of I didn't know it, know it, but I knew the stand up comedy world, the open mics and how people gather and and network and stuff like that. And I thought my son wants to do this. I don't want to say, Jesus, God, stay in college. Don't do, dumb, don't do dumb things. I wanted to encourage him. So I thought, well, right, yeah. let's get in the car and drive and let's go sit and watch how this all works. And, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it was, and, real, yeah. it was a good lesson in like, like I, I would say that like my sense of humor, like both of my parents were funny and my sense of humor is actually probably like my mom is very re- reactionary. She makes a lot of faces. She's a lot of, oh, okay. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing and i've any i would say my probably my sense of humor comes from that but like my the business i'm done i'm done with this interview (laughs) (laughs) um just relax there chief wahoo so uh but but my dad was like like that was so i i was funny or i thought i was funny but then it was like oh there's a whole business to this and a formula in like you go to open mics. Like I had no idea that was even a thing. Even like when, like kind of as I started taking the class, I started to pick up. But like really, it was a more of like my dad was like, "This is how this works," you know. Like mm-hmm. you, there's more than just like being goofy, you know. Right. And uh, there's like a whole professional side of this. Yeah, that, that I was- think we had a neighbor that contributed this too. Uh, Colin would go out to the bus stop. And he'd kind of crack people up at the bus stop. But our one neighbor, Jim, would drive by and then he'd try to say something funny and Colin would, hit, Colin would be able to top him. And he would <laughs> see me, the neighbor would see me go, your son's funny. Like, your son is nuts. And uh, and he'll repeat something he said, you know, that he cracked him. He cracked me up today. He said this at the bus stop. Dude. I tried to bust his, you know, whatever. And he says, hey, he cracked me up. So again, there, you know, may, and maybe that's what we're headed back to school bus stop comedy tours at this point. Right. Because yeah. Right. <laughs> like outdoors people to school bus stop. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> wow. I just killed the interview. I'll see you. No, no, no. thanks. We're just all no, ten- you're right. We'll we were just- Aaron, Aaron, as a dad, if you, if your kid wanted to go into comedy, you know, what would you do? Like, obviously, your, your, your frame of reference right now is a little different because of the it's pandemic. The, but, you know, I, what would you do? Hearing, hearing you say, like, the story about, like, the bus stop and the popcorn, I mean, my son has one of these every, every day, if not, you know, like, a couple times a week. I mean, now it's a point. And two, like, I'm, I'm, my kids are growing up in the house of a professional comedian. So, like... He can't like this is all we yeah. do, you know what I mean? Yeah. But and and like literally, I have teachers like being like, "Oh yeah, your son said he's going to be a comedian. Like he wants to be a comedian." Like I'm like, I don't, I don't know, you know what I mean? I think <laughs> it makes it like like to see it like when I was when I saw someone like you see it live, right? Like I remember seeing Jim Gaffigan as a kid and being mm-hmm. amazing comedy and hearing comedy, but like when you see someone that you know do it, like when I yeah. saw like my dad MC. 
you know, I was like, oh, people that I know do this. Like, this is not just something that you could do. This is not just like this out of the world thing. So live with somebody that can do it, it makes it like, this is like attainable. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not a thing that stand up is not a thing like where in middle school you find out that oh anybody can start a band. You right. know what I mean? Stand up is literally like unless you're really like looking for it. I mean, like the concept of open mic blows people's minds. Right. It's a horrible like people <laughs> are like when I hear comics be like I just don't have fun at open mics. I'm like, "Bye." Yeah, no kidding. It's a bunch of sociopaths in a dark bar that don't like each other. Like, like we get along, but like we're all rooting against each other a little. And, yeah, and can't afford a therapist. Yeah, and so like, <laughs> we're all just putting our our hatred out, and then like they're like, "Well, it's not very welcoming." It's like, of course, it's not welcoming. Yeah. We're performing for strangers who we are essentially ruining their night. Like they're like they came out to like have dinner and watch a <laughs> game, and they're like, "We're gonna be right back with the game, folks." But first, we have twenty criminally insane people to talk uh, about how much they don't like their parents. You know, it, yeah, it's really in the jukebox. What are you doing? I, you, why do you unplug it? Right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That oh, that was a thing. Uh, oh, God, yeah. I turning just, off, turning off the music at the beer hive. Yeah, right. People was like, "What?" They're playing Wonderwall. I just what put in dollars. I'm trying to talk here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are talking. They're drinking. So you know, you really. It's like yeah. you said. If it's not something that you would seek, and even if you are seeking it, it's not something that you're easily like attracted to. Right. You know. Um. Do you do you do you remember the conversation you guys had about taking class? Yeah, I mean, like how did I, that happen? Because, because honestly, I think it, it was my first class I ever taught. I think it Is was the first class. It was the first time arcade was open for a class. It was yeah. arcade had just opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember from my side, like expressing interest in it, and my dad sort of bringing this up, and he was like, "Hey, there's a comedy class. Um, you know, you should take it." and I just thought it was like anything else. Like if you want to learn how to paint, you take a painting class. If you want to learn how to speak French, you take a French class. So I just figured, well, this is how people learn comedy. So, you know. John, wasn't it like a thing where he was interested in it and you were like, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I'll do it with you. I mean, that's cool. Like, sure. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, you know, again, there's that thing like, well, you know, it's like you're your kid maybe wants to go play golf with you. Like, well, here's our moment where we can kind of hang out together. And again, I sort of wanted to make sure that he got started in the right movement. In the meantime, you know, it always intrigued me to be better at doing whatever, even in the stuff that I was doing, this class would be helpful. And I remember what I really remember is like in the class, I'm not saying this because he's here, but everybody's like, your son is so funny. Your son is so funny. And then you did the consultations with one-on-one and, you know, I thought it was funny and you're like, yeah, John, here's what I'm going to need. I'm going to need you to change this. I'm going to need you to change that. Because I'm like, okay, so the good news, I'm not funny. And thank God I bagged it and got a real job. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. It's so funny, you know, but it was, it was, 
but the point I'm making is it was a good critical review of what it was, of what I was doing. Cause I remember to this day, you said, I need you to get more personal, like stop telling jokes, jokes, you know, tell stories and things like that. And that actually has helped me even just in what we do now with the podcast. Sure. Sure. And I want to like for the 200 open micers that listen to my podcast who are, are, are internally burning right now. Like, he, because I don't talk, I don't talk about teaching stand up, you know, a lot. Like for so, uh, not that I'm asking for your validation, but the when I when I just real quick, because this is about you. <laughs> but but no, like I never got a chance to like address this in you know 200 episodes of a podcast. Um, because I'm like, why am I gonna talk about teaching stand up? But like the the thing was is it was something that I figured that I could do because, um. I've always been a, 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 a um, I've always been a student of like the the basics of things. Yeah. Like if you're gonna do something, like break it down easily, you know. And I worked with kids for so many years that it was easy for me to break down things simply. And then I'm kind of mixed that with you know acting and improv kind of uh, teachings that I've had. And then just taking the the actual leading counseling and small group sessions. And I just saw how that related to stand up in the way I thought it could be taught. And that's really just encouraging the things you already have, not teaching you how to like, you know. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead, Colin. Go ahead, John. No, <laughs> no, I just say this. But it is what Colin said earlier. It's putting the little bit of the science behind mm -hmm. the, you know, the mechanisms and the operations, the process into it is what you taught in that class. You know, and again, it made me compare, wow, what is kind of like old schlocky comedy, like, hey, hey, how you doing? Versus telling a story that every that that's relatable. That right. People my God, that's hilarious. So, and there's still, there's, there's still, and I would say there's, there's always room for that. And I think just remembering about you, John, it was like, it was like, you're almost, a, it's almost just like seeing the strengths you have and saying like, well, you, you are a better storyteller than you are a joke, jokey writer. Mm -hmm. You're a better talker than you are a joke writer. Correct. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yep. And that's not like, this is how you do it. It's, this is how you may be able to do it better. Yeah. You know what and I mean? Anything, it's like, cause one, it was in a very uh, um, symbolic full circle thing. Like I ended up teaching that class. Yeah. So yeah. for people that say, how could you teach a comedy class? First of all, any comic that is offered any job in comedy is going to take it. So for people that are like, you taught a class? Like, it's like, yeah, idiot. And you would too. Like yep. someone asked you to do something where you were doing comedy and talking about comedy, which is, one of our favorite things to do is mm -hmm. just talk about comedy and mm -hmm. also have people ask you questions about comedy. Yeah. And they'll pay you for it. Of course you're going to do it. And, it, I, also, like, and it, brushes, go ahead. it brushes you up. You know yep. what I mean? Like it keeps you moving, but, and then for taking it, it's like, and, and you get a, you know, you, you can, you get whatever you get out of it. And I was fortunate to get, you know, a good bit out of it. And, but if nothing else, it's somebody that you're essentially paying to force you to go to an open mic. It'd be like yeah. going and hiring a trainer yeah. to force you to work out. It'd yeah. become, without that, I don't know if I would have gone to as many open mics in the beginning right. because it was so hard. You know. Yeah, and that was that was that you know that was the key too is just telling everybody to go to mics and get and then basically check in with your coach. That's all it was. I mean, I looked at it like a. 
because a coach, you're, you don't, as a coach, you don't need to teach people how to play hockey, you know, like, yeah, right. You're, you, you're just making sure they're staying up to date on. Yeah. 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 And, and honestly that like, you're right. Doing the basics and like, you know, kind of conceptualizing it and, and articulating it so much just constantly in my head as I write, as I do comedy, it's always in my head. Like it's my yeah, own advice is always in my head. Isn't that the same in everything, whether you're a yep. pitcher, a golfer, a music writer, when you get that cramp, that's you're stuck, you're in a slump, you know, you take yourself back to those basics. Let's start with step number one, step number two, word association, you know, things like this mm -hmm. to, to help you work your way through that. And same with guitar playing. I mean, you learn how to play the basic chords and some people then extend beyond that and some people don't. Huh. And so I look at that as the same. You learn the basics from there, the basic operations and the little bit of the science behind it. And then, and then you go, you take it to another level. Yeah. What did you guys, did you guys ever, ever want to do it? Want to do a duo? Um, I don't know. I think like, I think at one point Christy Nolan had asked if we wanted to do like a, a um, what was that? Like experimental show. Why not? Have like together. And do you guys know each other? Yeah. You can do a 30 minute scene together. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we never, I don't know. I don't think it ever. I mean, we've had, you know, Colin's been on the podcast. Sure. Colin's been on a live show at the arcade theater and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't think we've ever done just the two of us doing anything. It's just, it's <laughs> funny that like, but is it, it's, it's kind of neat since like Colin started and like, you know, even like you jag off is a like a thing. It's a big thing now. Like you did that and you kind of found your lane of how you're funny. You know what I mean? You both yeah. did. Yeah. And what do you know? Now you talk as like a host and be funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, you know, it's, 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 uh, yeah, I don't know. I always said, if I won a million dollars, one of the things I do is buy a radio station and hire myself as the morning show host. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so this is that, this is my, I, and people go through midlife crises and buy Mustangs. I, you know, started a blog to complain about buses and now, <laughs> now I have I have a partner and, and we have a marketing company and a blog and everything else going on now. So it's I mean, kind of cool. I, I remember if we're going to talk about how much people remember about like my youth and all my little beginnings in show business. Like I remember when my dad, like he was talking, like he never talked about starting a blog to us as children, probably because he didn't, we didn't, he didn't want his children to think that he was like becoming unstable. You know, yeah, like yeah. He, he didn't want his kids to worry. Like that's writing a blog should be worried. You know, oh, so your dad's talking right of writing a blog, like what in the late nineties? Weird. Well, it was, it was like in, I'm trying to think, I think I was in college. Oh, okay. Because, or maybe like the end of high school, college was before I started stand up. But like, <laughs> my dad has a blog. Right. Yeah. I'm like, Oh God. You know, like if at that point blogs were like where like lonely people went, I feel like to like share their journal, you know, so yeah. like, like day number four, you know, Skittles is acting up again. And, uh, I don't know. Puddles won't eat her food. I thought it was going to be like that. Like, or yeah. weird. So he didn't tell us about it. And then he was getting an award or something. And then in, that's when he finally 
told us he was doing it. And at forever, it was just a blog. It was just a blog that like had, it was getting more traction. And it was like, not that we didn't take it seriously, but it was kind of like, ah, it's like dad's working on a ham radio, you know? Yeah, like, right, right. Got to work on a blog tonight. But then you had to say the sentence, my dad is an award-winning blogger. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was. <laughs> I think the point where things really amped up and we took it seriously is like one day my sister and I get a text from my dad, like it's him and Garth Brooks, like hanging out. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? First of all, did he get press credentials to do this? Like, yeah. like you know, and at that point it was like, oh, I this is a real thing. And then it was talking about a podcast. Will people listen to a podcast? Uh, what is a podcast? You know, and there we have where we are today. You know, yeah. yeah. And then, and then, you know, and then from you jag off, it's it's you in the arm uh, holding Martin Short in your arms. Right. Yeah. So can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. It's the listen. Look. Okay. Listen. So, I, you, you, know, you could you could not be not jealous and mad at that experience at all, Aaron. It like when I so when angry. when he told me that, I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like <laughs> that. I mean, you'll never forget that your entire life. That's yeah. And he didn't. Here's the thing: he didn't want to do it. He said no. Okay. So so you know, we got a we got a friend from our, our a message from our friend Saul that said, "Hey." This is happening. They're looking for two people. I think you should do it. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool, whatever. So Colin was at the house. I said, hey, I think you should do this. He's like, no, don't be submitting my name to that thing. I'm like, are you sure? Wait, 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 wait. So you, did you know you were going to work with Steve Martin and Martin Short? I, I knew that's what it was, but I, it was one of those things where it was like, there's no way this is going to, we're going to get this, right? Like I just kind of figured that like, you know what? I'll give you that because if someone said, oh, we have this opportunity with these guys, I'd be like, this is going to be bullshit. Yeah. I was Like Like, it's going to be a waste of time. I'm not even going to barely meet them. Yes. It was one of those things where I was like, I don't want to send pictures of myself and whatever, like to do nothing. This is like, it was very like, like almost like uh, like a teenager, like, no dad, this is stupid. You know, yeah. and I also so sold me down the river at the end. He sold me down the river because <laughs> and it was great because so he didn't want to do it. Then the guy I said, he goes, all right, put my name, height, weight in there. The guy sends us this package overnight of this costume that had to be worn. We both had to look like idiots and take pictures in the costume, send them back. And then there were two nights of the shows. And so we send it. We go all this back and forth. Colin gets the first night. OK, he shows up the first night. And I go to see the show and I'm like, that's awesome. Right. And you're so proud. And, uh, and, and so we had submitted for, you know, he's the first night and the second night on the way home from the show that night, he goes, dad, um, I hate to tell you, but they want me to come back the second night. So boom, you're out. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so hold on. So people don't know what we're really talking about. I realized. Right. So So explain what you did. Yeah. So what happened was, is so, Steve Martin and Martin Short, the, the show that's on Netflix, they were touring with that show and they were doing two nights in Pittsburgh, the Biome or something like that. And and there's a scene in the show, there's a, there's a, a bit in the show where Martin Short pretends to be a bagpipe and somebody comes out dressed in a Scottish kilt and hat and 
and holds him, and he puts his finger in their mouth, and he pretends to be a bagpipe. It's about a 30-second bit. It's, and they, yeah. they're looking for somebody, like, to do this. So, like, we had, you know, through through someone letting us know, we submit, we get in. So, like, I go and rehearse, and the rehearsal is just basically me standing in one spot for three hours waiting to be, like, called upon, you know, mm-hmm. and... I'm just so nervous to like get in the way that uh, I didn't even take. It was, I remember sweating through the jacket I brought because I was so nervous to take my winter jacket off inside <laughs> that when I took it off to rehearse with Martin Short. I had water like, like under my armpits and like around my chest. And, and they were like, is everything good? I was like, everything's good. Yeah. Uh, so, but so anyway, we rehearsed this bit, right? And they say, great, be here at this time. And I had tickets to the show that night. So I go, I have tickets. They go, come back halfway through the show and put on your costume. And then you'll just watch the rest of the show from backstage. So like my dad said, I'm supposed to do the first night. He's supposed to do the second night. It's 30 seconds of work, right? So we, um, and they comped us tickets too. So I gave two tickets to my dad for the first night and I figured I would come and do the, the, the watch the show the second night right. when he's doing it. So do the thing, very cool, very fun. And, um, and at the end of the night, like I've taken off my costume, I'm giving it to the costume person for my dad tomorrow. Like Martin Short's assistant or whatever is like, Hi, yes. Um, and the and the producer of the the plays or the show is also back there. They go, Marty doesn't want to rehearse with another person, and so we would like you to just do this again tomorrow. And I was like, Oh my god! I was like, My dad is supposed to do this, and they're like, Your dad? And I was like, Yes, my dad. I'm like trying to explain to them what I just explained. Like we had to send pictures. We had to take these. We put these pictures in. My dad's gonna do it, and they're like. Well, we'll just give your dad, you know, tickets for tomorrow. And yeah. but I'm sorry, like we would really prefer if you would just do it because he doesn't want to rehearse again. Right. So like I did. I obviously. What are you going to do? Say no to yeah. Martin Short? <laughs> like yeah. so I was like, all right. Well, I'm going to call him and let him know. And he was, you know, I was like, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, right? Because <laughs> He would definitely sheepish. You know, this was basically our idols, uh, yeah. and and but yeah, that's and then I ended up doing it the second night, but uh, and it, it was, was totally cool. You know, I was so glad right. for him that it went so well. They got invited back the second night. I was fine, and but it was it was just so funny that he's like, "Do not submit my name to that," and we did, and here's what happened. Right. And it ended up being like like the second night, my mom got to see it, and my younger sister, and like that was like the first time she, my younger sister saw anything like that. And and then I'll never forget, like I I mean I think my dad was out at a party or something, and I called him as soon as he left because as we're leaving, like I'm like, can I please get a picture? They're like, of course, we'll get a picture, and like. I remember, like, Martin Short, like, hugs me, and he's, like, you did great. And I was, like, I don't know what this means to me. You know, like, like I'm, like, crazy. Like, I'm trying to tell him I do comedy. I'm, like, I comedy. I'm a comedy. And he's, like, yes, I'm, I, yes, sure, sure, you know. And I was, like, that was great. And he was, like, you killed and you had no lines. How great is that? And I was, like, it's great. And, like, 
you know, calling my dad and calling my friends and being like, this just happened. It just touched me. It, it was, he talked to me, you know, that was obviously uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I just know that like you not being able to do it, John, still to watch that, your son do that. Like that's. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Again, as you know, as you'll come to know, as your kids get older, it's those proud moments. You're like, wow, that is awesome. You know, that's, it was that's like part of the dream. It's like a, it's a goofy thing too, where like my son is Jeffy in Pittsburgh dad. And oh. like <laughs> is something as simple as that. It's, it's like this little bit of joy where they're like, I'm like, it, it's my friends, but it's still like, like he can do it though. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he can do it. And even on that level, I can't fathom. I can't, you know, like it's yeah. so much fun. It was insane. It really was like the one of the, I mean, cause your nerves, I mean, it was the most nervous I've ever been for anything. And sure. yeah. up to this point. And because you're like, First of all, it's the largest audience I'm ever going to be in front of. The yeah. light is so bright, and you are responsible for catching and holding Martin Short like a national treasure. You know, uh, God forbid I drop him or miss my mark or something, and then, like, I ruin it. I would ruin everything and possibly hurt Martin Short. So, like, I was, like... I, I honestly couldn't wait till it was over. Like I was excited. Right. To yes. It was like, I please just let this be over. Let this be over. And then when it's over, I'm just, now I can finally like, relax. it's like, it's like, get it. Like when something like that, I think of the moments where you have that kind of like starstruck or nervousness, you know, when you're, when you first do those couple big projects or something yeah. and it's like getting off a roller coaster. Right. Like you get off a ride and you're like, okay, that's done. Like that's done. It was amazing, but I can't process it right now. It was yeah, right. Yeah, it doesn't even sink in until like after it all, you know. Yeah, and, and you're like, what just happened? I know. So I love that. I I love that you guys had that moment. That's just uh, yeah, you know, that was cool. I uh, so now so now now Colin moves to New York for comedy. Like now, like John, would it like? Like now, like that's doing it. You're doing it now. Like yeah. he's, it's real. Yeah, it's real at that point. And again, you know, he had worked. You know, listen, Colin will admit he's not the hardest worker as far as cleaning his room or cleaning his car. But when it came to the comedy part of it, that he worked hard. He'd go out mm -hmm. and work a real day job and then go do the nights, just like a lot yeah. of people do. And and uh, and then when and he saved money. And so like, it was time to do this and you could feel it was time to do it. You know, yeah. from my heart, you could feel it was time to do it. It wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to go be a waiter in New York. Like there were some connections, you made the proper networking and, and, uh, and so, you know, it was time, it was time to do it. And yeah. how could you not do it at this point? Take the shot. And again, yeah. I, I, I'm sure I remember saying, who cares if you come back broke in one year, who cares? Because in 12 months, think of the experiences you will have had. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, he properly, you know, saved some money. He properly networked <laughs> to the right people to, you know, at least to, you know, to know this person that right, yeah. educated himself about moving up there. And I think it was all, well, it was completely overwhelming, quite frankly, because the first, the second, the first Saturday he was there, the place caught on fire where he lives. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so who prepared you for that? 
but uh, it, was, it was so intense because I mean everything about it. It was like the from moving, trying to get a place there, trying to like figure out who I'm going to live with, being denied. I'll never forget going out there in May with uh, Ray Zawadney and being. We saw maybe twelve apartments in one day. We had about. 27 hours to be in New York and in probably that's right all of those hours was to see what we thought was going to be our our first apartment and everyone just saying you're not going to get this apartment you don't have enough money you don't have enough credit what is wrong with you what are you doing and sitting like on the steps of Ray's buddy's apartment and like in his complex in the lower uh east side and just being like calling my dad and be like we're never doing it. like this is just dumb that we even came out here like it's 150 degrees we've spent so much money trying to get here trying to right. eat like it's hot it takes us forever we were on a train for two hours like just thinking like who who who, who do we think we are like <laughs> do this and then like coming out again and again and then like I mean, we had moved, like my dad had moved. I was like sleeping on his floor, like like to like not have a not have to buy a place or get a place or get an apartment and like and then the whole process of like loading everything. I mean, when when we say like we moved to New York, it literally we as in the two of us put everything in his SUV, drove it one morning, like it was like September first, drove it out there. And then loaded everything up my three-story walk-up apartment. Like you like, couldn't get a toothpick in my car at that point. You could literally. We got pulled over. Got over on the way to <laughs> like the first hour into the drive. Like it's already stressful enough, and then it's just like whoop whoop, and then like the sirens and the lights, and we got pulled over for uh, something else. It was like registration or something. But like the car is packed to the brim. The guy's like, where are you headed? We're like, uh, uh, New York. Uh, I'm moving my son to New York for showbiz. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah. The cop like, wow, well, good luck, buddy. Yeah. Like, Can I see you anywhere? Have I seen you in anything? I was like, no, man. Um, I'm, I'm just moving that. Like, what are you talking about? Right. But then we had to move it all. And thank God my dad was there because, I mean, within minutes, I was I was no help at all. Like I was, I'm like in tears. I am, am hot. I am like, there's no one in my apartment. My other roommate wasn't there at the time. And like, I'm just trying to, like, he's like, just put together the bed frame. I mean, it's like two pieces. It should have taken me 10 minutes. And it like, I'm just like, nothing fits in this apartment. Like I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm a mess. And he's like lugging you know, everything I own up these stairs, like he's going to have a heart attack. And I'm like, I don't know where to put this lamp. This la I'm going to have to throw this lamp out. Like just a total train wreck. <laughs> yeah, it was quite, quite an experience, you know. But it was cool, you know, Aaron, it was cool again. You knew it was time. And, and again, you have to take that leap, you know. Yeah. If he wanted to go to medical school, I'd have shipped him off to medical school. But this was different. And this is part of the process, as you know. And um, so this is this is that experience building part. And, you know, uh, it, it was it was it was a cool moment. It was really yeah, cool. I always say like I, I know Colin and I have said like 
spending all that money at open mics and traveling to open mics and then moving to another city, uh, go doing open mics is like, it's like a two to four year degree. Yeah. And then moving, that's like getting your, moving to a comedy city. That's like getting your masters. Yeah. It, it, and sometimes it, people try to get their masters before they even get their associate's degree. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the way I always put that it. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I, what it felt like for me, and it was cool because like the first time, you know, when my dad moves me in, like we're eating, we get a piece of pizza and, but I can't enjoy the moment. Right. right. Because I'm just like, he's going to leave and I'm going to be stuck in New York city. Yeah. You're in New York city. Right. That's it. But the, the, then it becomes fun because it's like like it was after maybe it was after Thanksgiving. He drove me back and like I got to take him to like the deli that I like, and it's like now it's like a cool thing because yeah. I do live here. I feel like comfortable here, and it's like oh, it's really not that far. Like yeah. within a day you can drive here, or in a couple hours you can fly here, and we're like hanging out, we're eating sandwiches and stuff in the park because right. then it's cool. It's like oh, I live in New York, but. When, when I moved there, it felt like I was playing poker with fake money. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I went into the room and they were like, now the money counts. And you're like, what's up? And they were like, yeah, you can't just bid 100 million Monopoly dollars anymore. So now I'm like, everything is like, oh, this is, it's like playing paintball. And then they give you yeah. guns. <laughs> yeah. That's what it felt like. It was like, I can't imagine. Die? People die now? I, I listen to so many comics who move by themselves, yeah. single by themselves. And just hearing those people say that, and I was thinking years ago, moving my wife and two kids to LA. I was just like, that that feeling, I I um like premonition premonition that feeling. Oh, it's horrible. The feeling where we 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 find a place, we're doing it, it's exciting, and then time to get to work. That feeling right there is when I would go, nope, I can't handle that. I can't. Yeah. Well, I would I would have a full-blown it, It's like, one of those things breakdown. where you don't have like, for me, like I was obviously very, I was sad. I was nervous. I was like, what am I doing? But the, the next day you wake up, you're like, well, I'm here. If I do anything besides what I came here to do, I'm right. literally just wasting my own time and money. Right. Like, like if I'm not, putting comedy first like from day one what am i like what why did i come out here like yeah. it's so hard that it's not worth it you could live somewhere else and not have to worry about yeah. it and, and and enjoy your life you know I, I i remember talking to you about that a lot just like if you're gonna go there you better do it you yeah better, right, you better get to work there's there's literally like people that go there and then they're like I mean, obviously, everybody has different circumstances. Sure. So you have to work and stuff, and I, you know, I, I was temping as much as I could and stuff like that, and and you know, my dad was helping me, and so it's like there's different situations, but there are a lot of people that I know that are like they move to New York for comedy. Within that first year or two, they get a job, and then they're like, "Well, work's pretty busy right now, but when work's work is over, I'm gonna hit more mics." That's like, but you. You could do this job literally anywhere else and make yep. the same amount of money and, and you would get more for your money. Yeah. Like you're making, let's say you're making $50,000 a year at this yeah. job. You're paying so much money. Crazy. Like if you went and did that in Des Moines, you right. would be like the king of Des Moines. 
Like yeah. you would, you could own a very nice place. Once again, it. I feel like it's the same as you move away to college and you're skipping classes. Yeah, yeah. right. You're paying for this. Yeah. You're right. paying for this. Yes. Go yeah. do. Go to college. Yeah. Right. No, it's a hundred percent. If I had, if I had, if I knew a kid or even a friend that did that, well, I know some friends, but, but like, you know, I've, I've yelled them. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, how did you move there? And you're doing one show every two weeks. That's like, cause you get like, cause someone who is kind of like, you know, I'm in Pittsburgh. That's where it's, what's happening, you know? So to watch a comic, you know, do that. Like if Colin went and did that, I'd be like, dude, John, you guarantee. I'd be like, what oh, the fuck oh, for do? Sure. I mean, if I you're wasting dad, your time. You know, if I, if, I mean, if I told my dad I wasn't going to open mics, whatever, he would, I mean, you know. If he I, gets it too. He, he's kept it. He's kept trying to help me stay on the, the right the path of like tunnel vision. You know, yeah. I mean, I remember missing a lot of things like when I was in Pittsburgh and, and even, and obviously missing more before all this sure. stuff. But like when I was in New York, like, you know, it was like, you're going to miss things and, and that's what you have to do. But it'll be, it'll be worth it. And, uh, you know, and, and thank God he was able to like talk me yeah. you know, back, back. He in. don't miss nothing. He don't miss nothing, John. He hasn't called me in months. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, and I and listen, Christmas is this big thing. Everybody that knows Colin is like Christmas is his thing. And I said, look, there's a chance that you're not going to get home for Christmas or Thanksgiving or right. your birthday because you will hopefully be working. But yeah. if nothing else, you might not be able to get back here because you're here. You're here now. And it's going to be different. And you know, those are those are those are easy things to say and hear, but when they hit. Then you have, you know, as a parent, you go, well, I know I'm going to get a phone call. But, right. you know, he's, he's sneaky like that. He's smart. You know, just like when he was in college, he knew how to figure out how to get home for the weekends. And, right. uh, you know, he booked himself, you know, a club on his birthday. So he knew how to get home for his birthday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like and, and it, it's 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 not right, but it is the truth. It's like. When you know, you know what it's like to when pe- you want to hang out with friends and stuff. Now I'm just like, hey, if you want to hang out with me, you have to come to this show. Because oh, and this is all we're gonna get tired of that. <laughs> yeah, like if I'm home and now it's like I'm looking at the calendar. It's like, well, see, my sister's birthday is here, so I'm I'm gonna maybe right. I'll try to book a weekend like within that two weeks span. Right. You know, you're like, oh, it's nice you're coming home for my birthday, but also I'm gonna be yeah. featuring it you know, somewhere driving distance to Pittsburgh. I, I always tell people like, you know, when you go out of town and, uh, you know, someone lives and they might be listening, whatever, just listen carefully. Like, you know, someone, will, someone will be like, Oh, you're in town for a night. Let's go to dinner. Right. And Colin, you know, and John on the road, you're like, we're not going to go to dinner. Like yeah. it's, I, I'm in town for 40 hours. We're not, I'm not spending four of them. Again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, if you want to come, and even like if you want to come and hang out where I'm at after the show. Yes. Great. If you, but before the show, forget it. Like, I, like hey, hey I'll, I'll meet you. I'll meet you after the first show, and we'll hang out and talk before the second show. No, we won't. 
Yeah. I'm coming to do a consulting job in Iowa and they're like, well, let's hang out between eight and five. No, I have, I have a job to do. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, so. it's insane. I, uh, I do want to tell one uh, story though, before we wrap up, Aaron, I don't know how much yeah. time. No, no, this is that, this is perfect. This is great. Okay. So, um, this was like, it, it's just, it's a real, like I, when I talk to other comics that are like, yeah, my parents hate that I'm doing this. They want me to get a real job. Like, I guess that motivates them, but yeah. I don't work well off of like negative motivation. Like, but right. I, like, I'm like a, like a Labrador retriever. Like if you're not telling me I'm doing a good job. I agree. Treats, I, I'm going to just, yeah. I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to be a depressed dog. But uh, so it was like, it really, you just, how much of a team effort this has become. Mm-hmm. thankfully. And so I was in New York and I was about to do the Carlson in Rochester. Yep. And I'm driving Ray, my roommate's car, and uh, I'm on my way up there and it's like a six hour drive, something like that. And, and, and like I'm in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and it's about three hours from Rochester and I have plenty of time. It's noon, right? It shows at eight. So I've got, I got, great time. I'm going to go up there. I, I hadn't gotten a hotel yet. Right. Because it's like, of course, you know, like, like it's like, all right, we'll pay you this much with a hotel, this much without a hotel. You're like, forget that. Give me the money. I'll find, I'll sleep in my car or something. I'll do anything to get that. I've had that conversation with him. $50, you know? So it's noon. I'm driving Ray's car. All of a sudden I hit like a piece of like rock or metal on the road, two flat tires. I'm on the side of the road in Wilkes-Barre. I call my dad. I'm like, I just got two flat tires. He's like, well, what, you know, what do you call me for? Call like a tow truck, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I call a tow truck and they're like, all right, we're going to pick you up. And I was like, okay, I, I'm going to need two tires. Like, no problem. We'll get you two tires. Tow truck comes. First of all, tow truck passes me. So now I'm waiting for the tow truck to yeah. come Tow truck comes, loads up the car. It's now like 1.30. I'm like, all right, even if this goes until 3, I got plenty of time, right? Tow truck dies. The tow truck that the race car is now on is dead. Isn't starting. The driver's like, I don't know what to tell you. Tow truck is dead. Now we have to wait for another truck to come and get this tow truck my car. So it is just like a comedy of errors, right? So another truck comes, put it's out. Wasn't, of wasn't this your first like out of town gig when you moved from New York? It was it was one of the first ones for it was the yeah. first time I'd ever done the Carlson. And it was right. like I usually was flying, right? Because I'm it was like if I'm going to Tampa or Omaha. And it's a brand new out of town club. You're like, oh my god. Club, right? The first yeah. night I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be late. Right. So not to mention now, I'm just looking two tires. Three hundred, four hundred dollars, whatever. And this is. is the guy that gave you a hard time about paying for a hotel, so. right? So I'm like, all right, right. They get the car. They go, well, your rim is cracked. We can't fix this car. I was like, well, how long would it be to fix it? And they're like, hey, I mean, this is Thursday. They go Monday. Yeah. Tuesday. So now I'm having to call every tire place in Wilkesburg. I'm, I'm, I'm in between calling my dad to update him on everything because I can't make any decision on my own. Right. I'm like, they can't think of a thing. He's like, call another tire place. 
they did that. The entire place doesn't have it. Call someone else. So I finally get a hold of the entire place to go. We might have a rim. Bring the car here. Finally get the car there. It is now like three o'clock, and I'm like, I have an hour to hit this, get this, these two tires, get a rim, they get a rim. And uh, I'm like looking at the time, like if I leave here by 4.22, it'll take me exactly this long to go right to the club. I'll change in the car. So I it, I don't end up leaving Wilkes-Barre until five, five o'clock. And I'm three hours and 20 minutes from the car. <laughs> and the show is at, I think it was at 7.45. Or eight o'clock was like a Thursday show. Right. And this uh, is when you're doing your 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 math your comedy math. You're like, okay, if the show starts at seven forty five, definitely won't start it. Then wow. it'll probably start at about eight, and then the MC will probably do eleven, and then yeah. okay, so I need to be there at eight fifteen at the latest. Yes, I'm doing all of the 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 math right. So and again, I still do not have a hotel. So I'm driving like I just robbed a bank and I'm, I'm flying up the highway. I'm like, I'm calling friends and stuff like that. And eventually I just call my dad and he's like, what's going on? I was like, and I think you could tell I'm like, I'm ready to break down. Like we are on the edge of the cliff. The bungee cord is, is on the last string, right? You know, it's like pulling apart and all of a sudden I just lose it. I'm like, I'm, I wanted to drive to Pittsburgh. Like I was yes. like, I'll yes. just, Ray will get his car another day and I'll drive <laughs> to Pittsburgh. I'll get new stuff. And it was everything hitting at once. It was, I just spent $600 on tires. I'm going to be late for this show. My first show. I still don't have a hotel on top of that. I had just, not a lot of people know this, but I had just submitted to do James Corden and they had rejected me. And it was like 24 hours ago, I was rejected by what I thought was going to be my first TV spot. Right. So right. I had submitted. I get rejected. I'm have that. I'm like, I'm just tired of this all, right? I'm just like, I can't even see through the tears. I'm white knuckling it to Rochester. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a danger now on the road. And like, and thank God my dad like talked me through it. He's like, this is part of it. Like, this is going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to get there. I ended up getting to the show at like, I mean, if it took me three hours and 20 minutes, it was supposed to get there. I got there in like 2.45. I mean, when I say I shaved more, like more than 30 minutes off of that time, I thought there were going to just be cop cars behind me when I got to the, <laughs> and like, I'm going to be running in, and they're going to be shooting at me. You were going to have an OJ tr uh, trail of <laughs> in a white Bronco to the Carlson. And like they just get out there like get him, but uh, and AJ but, Cowlings is in is in the is, is in the back seat, aka Ray going over your jokes yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, he's like go. Well, AJ was driving, but anyway. Yeah, so so I end up getting there. I do the show, and like you know, and and it really is like I said, a team effort because like my dad talks me through it. My girlfriend had gotten me a hotel before I even like realized like she called me after or texted me after she's like this is your hotel for the weekend it's taken care of you know this gorgeous hotel she got me and like i like that night just sitting and like oh, checking oh. in with everybody after like you realize you've made it i mean it's like if i didn't have those people 
I might have been dead. Like right. I might have just been like, I was like, forget it. I'll drive my car off the road. Like, <laughs> like it's not worth it, you know. And it's just like, it, thank God somebody. <clears throat> in the moment, I mean, you probably have been there before. Like in the moment, you can't see anything else but what's happening. Right, yeah. so like one track minded of comedy, comedy, stand up, this next thing, next next show, forget next month. I'm talking about next weekend. Yep. And and so to have somebody be like, this is a long game, right? And like this is a real long con here, and we're just beginning to open the deck of cards. That <laughs> like, like don't don't quit yet. You know, it was it was so like. But I remember him saying, "I he's in Wilkes-Barre, and he said, I'm going to turn around and go back to New York City. And I said, wait a minute. You've lost 600 bucks on the car already. You're going to make 800 whatever it's going to be, right? Right. If you go back to New York City, you lose 600 If you go to the gig and make it, you only lose – you gain right. 200 right? So – So those. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he was like – math, right? Thank God. And he was, you know, cause like, I remember it ended up being a great weekend. Like I sold all my merch and like I was right. killing and like, <laughs> thank God I went. But, but it really was like, I remember calling the club and I was working with Tammy Pescatelli, calling the club and calling Tammy. And, and thank God Tammy too was like, come up, just come up. She's like, unless you don't want to do it, come up. Like we'll figure it out. And they were really cool. Like the host did extra time. Actually, this is insane. I get to the show in time. I, like it felt very cool because I felt like I was like in the Rolling Stones because like they had the side door and they're like right this way you know and yeah. they bring me right in and the, and like the owner waves at the um MC he's like pointing to me so the MC goes all right guys that's it for me we got a very special person coming up here she's very funny keep it going for your headliner Tammy Pescatelli they was like <laughs> woo and I'm like what like i like i drove all this way and and tammy was cool enough to be like colin's here and yeah she's like oh but now you have to go on stage and be like i know you guys were excited for the headliner we got somebody else yeah not yet you son of a bitches let's get this <laughs> right so it ended up being great and you know it's like one of those things you're just so thankful that somebody in your life had like the clear head to like tell you not to either drive to Pittsburgh or drive back to New right. York or just live in Wilkes-Barre. One of my options I thought was like, maybe I'll just live here now. Like they'll keep the car and I'll live in this town and maybe work at this Meineke, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it was really, uh, like I said, it's a team effort to keep this machine moving. I, dude, I, I, I always can admit that I am nothing without the people around you. So good thing you have a dad. Congrats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, it's just, I just, I've always wanted to have this conversation with you guys. I'm sorry. It took over 200 episodes. But, uh, <laughs> no, we were, we also, we didn't know if this podcast would stay, you know no, what that I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. We didn't want to jump in too early. We wanted to wait until you got your foot under you. you know? I mean, the podcast kind of didn't exist from like 70 to like 150, 170 episodes. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> People think I made up the number 200. They're like, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably just gonna start putting like 212 on my podcast episode. Like every That's what week. Joe Rogan does. Joe Rogan's like episode 10,406. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you guys. Uh, that's actually a perfect transition because I want to. I want to pimp you guys. Uh, Colin, you have a new podcast called Hell Gigs. 
Yeah. Hell Gigs with Colin Chamberlain. It's on iTunes, it's Spotify and Google Play and uh, whatever else. It's just 30, 40 minute conversation I, with comedians about their worst, craziest experiences. My favorite episode so far, Jimmy Schubert. Uh, Jimmy Schubert oh. is so damn funny. He's played every single. You could have a Hell Gigs podcast, just you and Jim, you asking Jimmy Schubert, and you'll have 100 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's, play, he's done everything, everything as far as like. Between acting and stand-up, he's done it all. Like from being out of the country to playing, like he's been every UPS driver, every cop, like every construction worker. Like he's perfect blue collar, you know. uh, And and he's one of the guys that you know not only crushes as a headliner, but has opened for everybody everywhere. Right. Oh, I mean. Like he's one of those guys that's like, oh, you know, oh, well, in 77 when I was on tour with Shimmel or something like, you're like, what? I mean, he told the story, I think it was on this podcast. Yeah, because we did two and it was like a bonus one. And he told the story about the night that um, he took Sam Kinison off stage on his motorcycle at the comedy store. And he was like, he was a young comic. He had a motorcycle. (laughs) Someone was like, I dare you to drive it in. And Kinison's on stage. And he drives in, and Schubert just goes, your ride's here. And Kinnison's like, well, let's go, let's do it, right? So he jumps on the back, and he drives him down the stairs of the comedy store and out on Sunset. And Schub was saying, like, he's like, I didn't realize Sam was deathly afraid of motorcycles. So, like, we drove down Sunset. He's, like, clutching on to me for dear life. And, like, he's like, keep going, keep going. Like, so it's just like, you know. It was- wow crazy yeah but it's a it's a i've had i'm having a lot of fun doing it and uh jimmy was so cool to have well i've already signed up for episode 200 Um, (laughs) john you jag off podcast you you followed instructions you put at your jag off so you can find you at your jag off colin just search uh corgan chomberbergs if you want to find colin (laughs) uh at colin comedy i know that yeah yeah Uh, comedy on the twitter and the gram and whatnot you guys, I, I, I truly, when I say I love you guys, I love you guys. I do. Well, thank uh, you. Colin, you're the man. Thanks, thank, dude. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Colin, you did My good, dad. bud. Thank, thank you. Thanks for having me. Again, you know, we're very fortunate enough that, uh, you know, the thing keeps rolling here. And, um, and you know, I appreciate all the networks. And, and as you know, I've told you before, I appreciate, you know, what you've done for Colin. And it's, it certainly is a uh, have you know, help them push himself. So that's awesome. He I don't care. It. He don't care. Uh, he's, okay. a, he's a good, hey, listen, he, he doesn't give a shit. He don't care. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it, what's that? I don't even know what day it is at this point. Sure. I, I will say that, I, you know, if anybody, if I ever took anybody to like do comedy with me on the road, uh, I always say, you know, it's, it's a, you know, goofy thing. I always say, be kind, be funny. But really, you know, I, from day one, I, I've told Colin that you you got to be a man of integrity. You got to you, you got to be have some sort of character, not only just being funny. And I would never work with anybody like you know stay in hotel rooms with anybody that I couldn't trust on stage <laughs> or off stage. So you know yeah. that's a testament to you, Dad. So yeah, well, I appreciate that. That's that again. Those are the kindest things somebody can say when you. You know about your kids. You wonder what your legacy is as a parent. And when people say that, you'll find out at some point, Aaron. When people compliment mm-hmm. you on your kids, it's it's the it's the coolest thing anybody could ever say. Yeah, I'm just looking for good kids to take on the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. Yeah. 
You guys, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, guys. You're the best. Thank you, we appreciate it. We did it. Love you, Colin. Love you, Dad. Look at that. Da, da, da.